Welcome gamers to Last Call Gaming, the weekly gaming news show that keeps you up to date on all things video games. And on today's episode guys, here's a look at what we're discussing. But as always guys, there's all that and more, so if you want to hang out, grab yourself a beer, and let's talk games. Welcome gamers to Last Call Gaming. We're on episode 31. My name is Craig Prowse and the man who goes to LA and back with me, Manjo Montemay. It was a smooth ride. It was quite smooth, quite adventurous. Now guys, if you're looking at the um, title of the episode, it is about the Game Awards. But more importantly, we didn't just watch it. We went to them. Ooh. And uh, Andrew was the one that set up the trip. It was fantastic. Andrew, before we get too far into the show... Um, I don't know, talk to me a little bit about the adventure. Uh, I had a blast. I thought it was absolutely great. The awards themselves were phenomenal. Like, it was really cool. It's a lot different experience going into there than seeing it, as I'm sure with everything. But even right now, we're like, we were watching some of the musical stuff or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I guess watching it from here, I don't think it's as good. But when I was sitting in there, I was... I know that it was a lot better than, you know, whatever. Yeah, instantly watching some of those performances, we were just like, wow, it was booming when you were there. And surprisingly enough, our seats were a lot better than I thought they than were like going to be. Yeah, we had really good seats. We were very close. And not to mention, that was like the most comfortable thing I've ever sat through. Because like, oh, that thing was pretty long. That normally when you sit through anything that long, you're sitting there tossing and fucking turning the whole time. I don't think I moved once. Because it was a, it was a, what, it was a Microsoft, uh, the Microsoft theater, right? Theater, yeah, yeah, it had nice seats. Uh, it had uh, big cup like cup holders in the front of the seats, but the odd thing was is you couldn't bring any alcohol with you. That's probably so they it stays as nice as it is. Yeah, right. They don't want white trash coming in there, ruining their seats, ruining their their prime lumbar supporters. Yeah. But uh, so guys, let's get into what it actually. Well, do you want to get into some of the who we talked to, who we saw, who we brushed by? Yeah, we'll give you just a quick little recap before we go into everything else. Yeah. I mean, you can always watch the Game Awards. But... I was a little starstruck, so we actually... Who was the first guy you caught that was walking by us? Oh, uh, Major Nelson. Yeah, we were coming around the side, and Andrew was just like, hey, look, <laughs> Major Nelson, we've tried to go back and get a picture of him. Hey, for uh, a minute. Yeah, at least he said hi to us, how'd you like the show and stuff like that. Really, really nice guy. But actually, the first person I met... Was Greg oh, Miller? Yeah, that's right. When I was that when I was nobody else was around to get a picture, and he was kind of in his seat, so I didn't want to be like, "Hey, whatever." Greg Miller from like uh, kind of funny. Yeah, but he was a crazy, crazy nice. Actually, a really, really cool guy. And then I really missed a big opportunity because I seen Miyazaki, the person who's known for like Dark Souls, one of my favorite people ever. And I thought he looked familiar, <laughs> but just because I was so busy and walking around and stuff, I didn't think anything of it. And I kind of like looked back at him a few times. I was like, um... You probably caught your eye, too. I, just, I, I was just so busy with everything else, and it was before the show started that I didn't want to miss where my seat was, and we were, like, kind of cutting it close on time, that I wasn't, like, thinking. I was like, oh, that guy looks really familiar, and it's no shit. I watched a thousand interviews with him, mm -hmm. so I really fumbled that one. But you did snag, uh, what, the Akumi Nakamura and the Shuhei Yoshida Yeah, Akumi uh, Nakamura picks. and then Shuhei Yoshida, because he was walking by. Both crazy, crazy great. Especially Kumi, she didn't want to get in the... She didn't think that we knew who she was because I only said Shuhei because I had only seen him. I didn't see he was walking with mm -hmm, her. Mm -hmm. But we got a picture with both of them too. But the, the golden goose that got away was uh, Norman Reedus walked about 
not far away from us, said, hey, Norman, it looked like you wanted to come back for that, that handshake pump, but, but I, we, I chickened out hard. Yeah, we kind of felt bad, too, trying to stop him, especially because then you get swarmed by, like, a million people like yeah. that. But he did stop and say hi to us and, uh -huh. like, hey, guys, or whatever, kept going. And then we got some Hideo. Yeah, Hideo hit, it really stiffed us, if you watch our <laughs> video, when we create the clickbait. Right <laughs> yeah, here. it was almost like he was giving us a stiff arm right there, but he, out of everybody, he was the one that kind of had the most people chasing him. Right, and so I think we saw Norman before him, which, surprisingly, I don't know how Norman yeah, he got but it was, Yeah, I would say maybe two minutes before that. Yeah, um, so... Either way, saw a lot of really cool people. So and then we ended up seeing Adam Kovic um, at the, uh, what was the bar, Dublin's? Yeah, Dublin's. Adam from uh, Inside Gaming. Inside Gaming. He, was, our, he uh, was really cinema. chill. So. so, yeah, he was actually really, yeah, really I had cool, my, too. I had my uh, uh, seat number in my pocket. He pulled it off. He's like, where were you guys sitting? Yeah, that was a good seat. Yeah. <laughs> he put it back. I was like. Yeah, he's a really funny <laughs> guy, too, so. So that was some of the adventure we had, guys, outside. But let's get into more of what... Oh, actually, oh, wait, dude, one, one more, more quick thing. Who slid in? The, uh, miss? the hotel we were staying at. They're oh, the filming. Wyndham. Yeah. We're staying at this, uh, the Ramada by Wyndham. The, the Ramada by Wyndham? Is what it's called, Two in the same, one in the same? Either way, they're, they're filming, like, a Netflix movie or something like that. Yeah, and so it was, like, half of it was closed down. But it was cool to see, like, all the set and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, so when we got there, we, we thought this thing was under, like, a complete renovation. Andrew and I actually tried to do a show at the hotel, but it was so loud, so noisy, so many people walking by. Um, and maybe we'll put up, a, like, a still frame of us trying to do that yeah. video. I didn't really care for it. I figured we'd give you guys a longer episode. But when we went, when we were ready to go to the Game Awards, we actually ran into one of the security guys, and we asked him what was going on. And he said they were shooting a movie, The Prom There, that's starring Nicole Kidman, Meryl Streep, uh, James Corden, uh, Key Michael from Key and Pill. And I guess it's a musical. And the weird thing was, is all the places a guy in L.A. we could meet, he was actually from Laughlin. Oh, yeah. Like, he actually, is, he was a hometown hero. So for those like, not in the know, that's right across the river from us, literally five-minute drive. So. Yeah, so we decided not to do that episode and give you guys this episode, recap what we just did, and then kind of go over um, the show itself. So All in all, 10 out of 10 experience. I had a blast. Yeah. Except was, for the traffic. That traffic, man. LA gets worse and worse every time we go there. Yeah. So let's move into it, guys. So again, the <coughs> thing, if you want to watch it, we're definitely going to leave a link in the description. This is a three to four hour event. We don't have time to go over all of it. We've probably already wasted a good chunk of time. I don't see the counter going, so Andrew, oh, hit it. Um, so we're just going to go over the highlights of what happened, which is the world premieres that came out and some of the stories that they talked about. So first out the gate um, was the performance by Church. And again, like Andrew was saying, you had to be there to kind of more appreciate it because when we watched it, it was, you know, it looked okay. Yeah, it was so. a lot louder in there. Like, I, maybe it was just where we were sitting too because I don't know how. Actually, from the back, it felt like it was fine too. But it also felt like her voice was a lot higher in person than watching it through the TV as well too. So so the first award goes of the night, but then the big thing that kind of kicks off. And originally, I was kind of like, why are they starting with this? It felt like more of an ender. But now that I've re-watched it, I was like, I'm kind of glad they did was the Xbox Series X was yeah. announced and a picture was shown. Yeah, and that was the biggest surprise. This That's the one thing fires I, did, right now yeah, on I didn't expect to see that there at all. They came out, showed it. It looks mm -hmm. kind of like a tower. And then they had Phil Spencer come out and talk about it as well, too. And I was, that was, like, the I think the most surprising for me... Second most surprising thing of the night for me because I did that's nothing I would have expected at all. If you told me to guess that that would be there, I would not have said that. So let's talk about the look because this thing's going wild on all kinds of memes and, and websites and stuff. It is just essentially a rectangular box, straight up like a smaller version of a PC tower. Instead of being more rectangular, it's more squared. Right. Um, and people are giving it shit, but like I don't really know why. Like if you were to just le if you were to lean that thing down, if that's how they showed it. And it was a, a, a horizontal view instead of a vertical view. 
it would just look like a, a bigger Xbox One X. So right. I don't know what people are mad about. Maybe just because what? It, it, there's nothing fancy about it? There's nothing that stands out? I don't care that it's fancy. And I don't know that that's why what people <clears> want. Because the original Xbox isn't fancy. And there, there's pictures out like this thing's actually a lot smaller than the original Xbox. Actually, the One X standing vertical is taller than yeah, this thing Yeah, you know, sent me a thing and it, it had a comparison. I think the last one to was like a banana. banana. <laughs> yeah, banana. And it's actually like, the smallest one. It's, it's just kind of the thing. I think a lot of people were just naturally expecting the horizontal view because the 360 was one of the ones that uh, kind of was shown as the vertical stance, but... It doesn't bug on me. On paper, I, think, I don't think it looks bad. I think anyone needs to get over it because realistically, like, I went home too and I was playing and then my cousin was talking about it. I was like, oh, what do you think about how it looks? And then it triggered my head. I'm like, oh yeah, I should look down at my console. And I'm like... When do I ever look down at my console that I care? Like, it's sitting there. Like, I, I set it up one time to where it looks nice, and I don't ever look at it again. And when I bring people over, I'm never like, oh, hey, check out this sleek console. Like, as long as it doesn't look like a fucking train wreck. Or, <laughs> like, if it looked like that weird PlayStation V thing, that's an ugly console. But as long as it gets the job done, plays well, and does everything that I need it to do, then realistically, half the time I'm playing with the lights off anyways. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so the other thing I would say that was even more of note is, and you caught it because I didn't see it at first, was the controller. Now it has that extra. Not only oh, does the D pad now the the full uh, you know the full circular directional button. It's got a what we assume is a share button. Yeah. It, well, it, yeah. Because I looked at a close up picture afterwards mm -hmm. too, and it has like that little like share symbol, like the square with like an arrow out. That's usually the symbol for share. And so that's now like one, two, like third, right there in the middle of the controller. So so that's kind of cool. I mean, especially if you're just recording something quick or you want to share so i well who knows what you can share with yeah. whatever their new features are so either way and it does seem like if the stadia's controller has something like that the rumor that ps5 has something like that it would only make sense that the xbox series x is going to have something like that and that's just where we're going we're moving into people that are just ready to quick stream and it seems like every one of the consoles are, are prepared to do that and i think that was a big thing too was <laughs> some people i and i don't know how that'll play out down the road but the name being the xbox one series or the xbox series, series x, x. Like, I can see it being a little confusing later on, but if you're in the know, I personally don't care. Yeah, and again, every Xbox name is confusing, so and they <laughs> nothing there. I mean, at least they didn't just show the console, because then they showed a game to go with the console, which was Senua's uh, Saga now, right? Yeah, Senua's Saga Hellblade 2 was the first game they showed off, showing that uh, Xbox, Microsoft just purchased Ninja Theory. This thing looks so goddamn good. It, I thought it was the chick, the actual chick doing it. This thing looked like a movie trailer at first. Yeah, and it looked crazy good. So if this is show, and they were saying it was all in-game engine, so, I mean, this thing was running quite smooth. I know it's turning a lot of people off, because outside of maybe PC players, anyone, because it was cross-platform at first. Now... If this is an exclusive to uh, Xbox Series X, then, you know, you're losing quite a bit of player base. But, I mean, we're, we're living in an age where exclusives need to start selling some systems, and that's a game that I know a lot of people are ready to play. And that's the thing, though. I could, I didn't hear anyone bitch and moan that Spider-Man's exclusive. Why did that need to be exclusive? Is Spider-Man something that's previously been on previous consoles? But if you actually go back and look, though, because I'm not a fan of buying out a studio just to buy that exclusive right, right. or something like that. But... Um, Ninja Theory actually said, you know, we were it was a weight lifted off our shoulder that Microsoft purchased us. We were glad that they purchased us because now we don't have to look for that publisher. That's why the first game is only $30 and they made it an eight-hour experience for whatever it is is because they didn't have all that clout. They didn't have anything to fall back on if this didn't work out well. And they personally said that that's a weight lifted off their shoulders. So if you're helping out a company and you happen to acquire something, then sure. But if, you're, if it's someone went out and bought from software tomorrow that company doesn't need any help because they're booming that would be something that i would make that argument for and xbox 
or Microsoft more rather, is is it afraid to let other games eventually go cross platform? So who's to say Minecraft? Who's this? Yeah, or Cuphead when they got it over to Switch? Who's right. to say in a year or so it you know they do allow it to go over to a PS5 or something like that? Um, because if you haven't played Hellblade One, it is a really good game. It is it is a tight, it is short game, but it's it's awesome. I I believe it's still on the Game Pass. So again, if you have the Game Pass, go play it. It's on my backlog. Um, the other thing, guys, and it, they kind of sprinkled this out throughout the show, and we wanted to give note to it, was the Facebook gaming stuff that they talked about was... The Facebook gaming community thing? Yeah, how they showed three different things. It was the uh, the girls from the Middle East who were um, developing their own game. There were the veterans that play instead of trying to meet up with like maybe a therapist, how a gaming was a positive kind of outlet Kind of help with like PTSD or like talk about your experiences. And then the last one was a kid that I believe he was using the Roblox engine to develop his own game that kind of battled depression since he, suicide had, awareness, he had a suicide yeah. thing. So that was another really, really positive message. And I know at one point um, they kind of addressed them. I think they all got up and did a picture yeah, of the audience. They, yeah, they brought them all there. And I thought that was actually one of my favorite things that they showed throughout the show was just different people who are going above and beyond in the gaming community not just to play games but to help out other people so I thought that was really really cool yeah and Microsoft is one of those guys that do um, you know the the pad the handicap pad so the more stuff we can move into that or that reaches awareness for certain type of gamers whether you're battling like a mental illness or just dealing with something um, I like that they shed light on it and it wasn't just once it was three spectrums of that and then they had stuff outside of that which kind of pertains to it a little bit they showed I you know I don't remember her name I just know that her um, her gamer name is Ewok, which she's a deaf like yeah, esports oh, yeah, player, yeah. Yeah. the first female player for Phase. They actually did like a little highlighted segment of her talking about her experience, how it is being deaf, and like even her saying, you know, it's crazy to think I was small, and nobody was really watching my streams. And I was kind of happy with that, and then I just blew up. And so it's cool to see someone go from whatever to nothing. You know that I don't think she's like a ninja or something like that. That's right. that that famous because I know who he is outside the gaming realm. I didn't really know who she was, but either way, I thought it was really cool to show her like a highlight as well too. Yeah. Definitely. So I'm glad that they did that. Um, but let's move into the next one. The next <clears throat> one I want to bring up is the first game that they actually, or the first trailer they showed that is out for the PS, that's going to be out for the PlayStation 5. It was kind of what they and tagged they at the And they said that that's, that's the first time you'll see that tag on there too, yeah. is PlayStation 5. And the game was uh, Godfall. Now, we the trailer, this is a game developed by Gearbox and uh, Counterplay Games. The trailer looked good. I think it's, Andrew, you were kind of, dis not disappointed, swayed that it was getting maybe a little more hype than it deserved because... We didn't see any gameplay. It was just a really good-looking uh, teaser trailer. I, yeah, I, I'm not disappointed by anything, but i just seen some people saying, like, oh, what did Xbox had the show? And they, and they showed that, uh, you know, ripped Senua. They showed Godfall. I'm like, that didn't show me anything. The same way Senua didn't show me anything. It, lo it looks yeah. absolutely great. <laughs> I think that's, yeah, I take it as that. They both look, they were showing off what the ser Series X is going to do and what the 5 is going to do, and those both look cinematic experiences. But, fi yeah, Final Fantasy looks a lot different when you're watching a cutscene than when you go into the gameplay, especially with a game like 15. Not to say that it doesn't look good while you're playing, but I didn't see anyone with a controller playing anything, so I don't know how you can make that assumption. I actually personally thought, because it kind of, not look clunky in a bad way, but like the way their armor was with the tassels and stuff. I actually thought it was another Darksiders game at first. I would, that would because I'm awesome. not huge on the Darksiders, but that's what I thought it was going to. Yeah, because they kind of talk about this like Armageddon and how, you know, obviously God falls in the name and how it kind of looks like it revolves around that I don't want to say biblical or like an angel and demon theme, but... Oh, yeah, because it said something about that. Yeah, he goes, like, like oh, the end of all days. this for the Armageddon. Yeah, the Armageddon. Yeah, so I was like, oh, I, okay. I had to say, though, when I thought that one quote when Thanos is like, <coughs> read it, run for it, run from it, destiny rise. He does a little thing in there that kind of sounded Thanos. Yeah, like, after you showed that to me, I was like, yeah. And I was like, so I like that they kind of... Because the they all had kind of like, those nice deep voices, and they have this nice um, kind of like uh, upscaled battle armor, so... I think that... 
armor kind of remind me of Final Fantasy XII, the judges armor. Yes, exactly. Yeah, the judges. So um, check that out. That was the first one that had the PS5 on it. But guys, and the next one we want to talk about was Switch's big game uh, with Square Enix, which was Bravely Default 2 coming in 2020. Um, it looked really good. Um, the first I, one is a beautiful game as well, too. I just got to say, like, unlike the Wii, who sold record numbers, but it was always a secondary console. It was always like anyone had an Xbox also had a Wii. Anyone had a PlayStation also had a Wii. The Switch, and I know for a lot of people it already is, is at that point where the, the, this can just be your main console. Like, it's getting so many... It's it's no longer just a Mario, Zelda, Donkey Kong dumping ground. Like, it's getting more third parties as well as pushing on these, these beautiful-looking first parties. So right. the Switch just continues to grow... In its uh, in its status, I mean, and that was a perfect game to show off that they're gonna get. Yeah, and I mean, a lot. There's a lot of Switch games that had nominations too. There, I, I mean, I don't think we have this on the list because I it was mean, the best Switch family game yeah, yeah. of all Nintendo. Yeah, nominated. the family was like all Nintendo, I think, except for one thing, which Luigi's Mansion Three ended up taking that one home. But either way, you know, Switch was almost in like every single category. So the other thing we want to talk about, guys, if you are a big League of Legends fan, there was, um, I'm going to say rumors, but there was circulation that they're going to branch out from more than just what they normally do. And this takes place in these spin-off games with two different uh, developers. One was Airship Syndicate, which recently did um, Nightmare Battle Chasers, I believe, and who are currently doing the new Darksiders uh, Genesis game, and Double Stallion. Each game, Ruin King and uh, Convergence, are going to be these two standalone games from the, you know, from the minds of League of Legends. I like that they're willing to branch out. I like that, you know, they know they have this huge property that's that's amazing. And they're going to go, you know what? Let's make some more games for other type of gamers. Because these are, I right. believe, one of them was kind of more of a fantasy base. The other one was a little more sci-fi. I don't have a problem with that. No, I thought it looked cool. And I mean, why not branch out? You don't only have to make MOBAs. And you have this rich history and this lore and stuff that you've been working on for that universe. And that's fine. So, you know, why not do something like that? Make something a little bit different. And who knows? Maybe someone who just watches that stuff might... That could be the thing that gets them not into the MOBA. But if you're into it, maybe watching your streams, your tournaments, your whatever. That sort of thing. Yeah, maybe even turn you on to some esports, right? You're going to back up this game. You're going to go, oh, let me see what the League of Legends teams is up to. So... I like that they have the uh, um, the gusto, the balls to uh, step out and do something different. The other game we wanted to get into was Dungeons and Dragons: Dark Alliance. So this is the studio that uh, Wizard of the Coast, Turk, T U Q U E, Two K, Two Games. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. This is going to be their first game at it. This follows um, Drizzit, Dritz, how you want to pronounce the Dark Elf, uh, the Dark Drow name, and the uh, Companions of the Hall. This is going to be a co-op couch um, action RPG game. This is the second big AAA title they're doing besides Boulder's Gate 3 that's set to come out. Um, you saw it. Anything look good to you? Are you a big fantasy, like, D&D-style uh, game player? I'm a fan of, Boulder's like, the setting and maybe trying to play something like that. Like, yeah, I like Boulder's Gate, but I would never sit down and play, like, a tabletop, something uh-huh. like that. So, again, this could be that thing that gets me into the tabletop. If I really like this, I'm like, oh, you know what? Maybe I'm not giving it a fair shake. Maybe I should try something else. And, again, this is one of those things where you don't get to see gameplay. It's just kind of like a trailer put together to show off trailer who's in in-game it. in-game cinematics. I yeah. mean, usually it all says in-game running footage, but from what part of the game? It yeah, well, I like how the trailer was showing it was like they'd be running it'd be showing like their face and then their sword and cutting them out so um kudos to them because uh this is like the first game that they've been able to put out that fills that gap uh i'm looking forward to it because that's the DD nerd in me but the next one we wanted to get into and me and andrew were just talking about this again was uh the weird west this was the studio or development team that was from the guys that did dishonored and prey their new team wolf eye andrew we were just looking at it um 
I don't know. What were, what were your initial thoughts? I thought it looked pretty good. At first, I was like, oh, man, kind of another weird Western. And I was a little disappointed because I personally, uh, from what I tried, didn't like that Dead of West or what West of Dead, whatever, whatever the Ron that Perlman game was, one. the Ron Perlman one. After trying it, I was like, ah, I don't really like it. It feels too clunky. It's just not for me. It's not my style, I guess. This, I actually think, looks really good, especially when it starts getting into like the weird like satanic stuff or whatever and everything. So it's like a haunted, spooky West or whatever. I'm like, <laughs> okay, that's pretty cool. Like I'm a lot more down for that. Depending on, again, depending on how it plays, because you don't see how it plays, but it looks good. Yeah, I thought it looked interesting. Um, because it's it's kind of like that top down view. But we were just kind of figuring out like, well, who are you playing? Because some of those scenes were just the yeah, monster well, walking around that looked like he was the main player. But then the next one was the cowboy kind of cruising through these towns. So I was kind of a little more interested in that. Yeah, where he's got like the gun or whatever. And yeah, and it says that you can have the option to either be a villain or be a hero within whatever. Because then it shows the dude you know, killing bad things, and then it shows the other guy, like, robbing a bank. It yeah. looked like a bank anyways. <laughs> so the next one, I know Andrew wanted to get into this one, was they had the longest um, Ghost of Ushima trailer that they had so far. So, Andrew, your initial thoughts. I know this is the game you're, you're uh, calling I actually for. thought it looked really, really good. Because um, I thought, in my initial ideas, it was going to play maybe more like a Sekiro or something like that. But it seems more like it's a mixture of kind of that-ish with maybe like Assassin's Creed because he's running, he's doing stealth, hiding between stuff and then jumping off buildings and just like kind of stealthing people. And so you're more kind of like a maybe a shinobi or something like that. Ooh. And so I thought that looked really, really good. It, and it kind of made me feel like more what people have been clamoring for with a Eastern... Uh, you know, Assassin's Creed, which is something that I've been wanting. I think that this would fill that gap. And the game's beautiful. I thought at first, like, that there was one of the dudes, I was like, oh, I don't think it looks that good. Like, <laughs> it's kind of weird because this game's always looked great. And then as it got more and more and more, especially the setting is beautiful, especially those golden leaves. Yeah. And then when he's riding the horse and, like, through that white field and stuff like that. You like how they combined it with the uh, confetti drop and then the fucking orchestra? Yeah. Kicks the orchestra that was when it got yeah. really cool. I was like, oh, nice. So they, it was one of these trailers that when you get to see it, with that orchestra, I was just like, damn. Yeah, because like, remember that dude good. tearing up the flute? Oh, yeah. And you don't even get to really appreciate that because we were watching the game. We're like, man, when you were there, that guy was hammering on that thing. And, like, it just it didn't do it justice. But that game, I know, is on a lot of people's radar. Um, this was, you said, by Sucker Punch. Is that right? Yes. So this was a game that, and it's another uh, PlayStation exclusive. That's PlayStation so. exclusive. Oh, and they also said uh, Summer 2020, which I don't think they ever put a firm, firm date on it. So it's nice to see that maybe that delay, on, unless it was set to be the start of the year, that that delay from The Last of Us didn't really push out. So it seems like maybe you might get two huge games like back-to-back. -back, like Not back-to-back, -back, but within a few months of yeah, each other. Yeah, because I know one of the big questions was um, their delay, right? Because when we were going through that a month or so ago when all these games kept getting pushed back, 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 this was one of them. It doesn't seem if it was affected. It's not by much. Summer yeah. 2020, right around the corner. So, But we got to end it with the best trailer or at least in terms of the stories the best trailer that came out which was uh fast and furious crossroads this game blew everything else out of the water joking this thing looked like and i hate to be mean dog shit well uh first they bought out michelle rodriguez yeah. and vin diesel to show off the game but the problem is it looks like vin diesel tried to program the game himself too yeah. not just act in it so it's it kind of odd that this was the game they put at, towards the end of the show um, in terms of what we were able to see. It, I mean, it's a huge franchise in name, so I guess I can see yeah, why. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know if there's... It looks like it's the in early development still. Like, the fact that they had that long of a trailer even out. Or it looked like it could have been, like, a mobile game, and it's not. Like, this At is, first, I was a little more hyped for it because I thought it was, like, a street racing game. Because I don't feel like we really have anything else like that. It used to be, like, um, 
drive club or you know anything like that that's actually like street racing street racing but then and it got oh, over midnight the club. top or, or, yeah midnight club not drive club yeah, yeah something like along those lines because i was really like those are like the older um Wait, need for speeds need for and speeds. stuff where it's just all about street racing instead of like this over the top action yeah, stuff which is so how fast and the fierce used to start out as <laughs> exactly and that's more what i was kind of fond of and i was like okay that's cool but then it got over the top and there's cars with like gun cannons and shit on them and yeah. stuff but the worst part is like the lip syncing is terrible on that. That like, was the it's main like, thing that caught my It's like none of this is even matching up. Everything they're saying does not match anything. So this thing might, you know, turn once it gets polished, maybe something that that might be playable. I'll but, say I'm not looking forward to yeah, it. But at, it's at first there. I'm just like I don't know why you top it off, but Vin Diesel still looks like he beat the shit out of you. Oh, dude, he's fucking yoked, <laughs> and I that's and he was sitting on the uh, on the uh, standing on the <laughs> other side of the stage. He's just like, God damn. Yeah, because the stage is wide from left to right, and we were far right, and he's far left, and I can fucking still see him ripping through his shirt. <laughs> so, guys, there is a ton more things to watch, uh, way more uh, world premieres. I do want to say though, this was a show that I think was almost better than watching an E3. It was nonstop world premieres. It was nonstop uh, trailers. Every once in a while, they'd sprinkle in some awards. And I think if you were to watch this, this this paid off. This was a good end of the year show. Yeah, no, I definitely think it was absolutely great. Like, I think Jeff Keighley, is, it's been getting better and mm-hmm. better and better. And this year was, I thought it was great. So let's, um, there's a bunch of awards that they were doing. Some of them, they would actually have people go up and accept the award. A couple of them, they would just rattle off back to back to back. So we're not going to get into for a show that's already yeah. for three hours. We're not going to get into all of them, but there was five categories that Andrew and I had our eye on. So we will just kind of go briefly go over those, say the winner, and then um, you know our reaction to it. So the big one that I had my eye on was Action Game, and uh, this was between Devil May Cry Five, Gears Five, Metro Exodus, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Astral Chain, and Apex Legend. Devil May Cry Five. Took it. Right, that was the one that uh, Norman Reedus actually. Norman Reedus presented, presented it. it. My almost best friend that I almost met. <laughs> the one that got away. Um, th- Mar- Norm, you don't you don't have a thousand dollars to lend me Norm, right now. I'm not very me. liquid. I'm not very liquid, Norm. It's one of those things where you look at that lineup. Astro Chain was received very well. Apex Legends, um, you know, won other awards that night. Metro Exodus, Call of Duty, I think was it was the fan favorite to win. Um, Gears Five was big, but I. Loved it. I didn't, I didn't think that Gears was going to win. I th- actually thought Call of Duty was going to take yeah. it. And I, and I loved Call of Duty. And I wouldn't have been mad at it because this year's Call of Duty, I think, is great. Yeah, I loved it. Then I cry five. But I, yeah, I'm really glad that, yeah. Because it's a great game. You play it, combo, hack and slash and cut him up. Um, it was a great game. I got a chance to play it, so I'm glad that took it home. Um, the next <coughs> big one that we had our eye on is multiplayer, right? We live in a world where multiplayer is a key component to... Every system, every game we play. So those nominees were the Borderlands 3, Apex Legends, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Tetris 99, Division 2. The winner of that was Apex Legends. And kudos to them, man, for a game that nobody was ready for, nobody prepared for, had no um, commercials or any type of advertisement, dropped in, laid a bomb, and then takes home multiplayer. I, I was more actually surprised because I feel like that game's kind of been dropping off and that it's not like what it used to be. I don't ever really hear anyone talk about that game. Do you think something I like actually... this gives it a resurgence? And maybe it could. I don't see why not. I actually was surprised to see Tetris 99 was, on there. That was my big one. I was like, Tetris 99? Wow, there's that big... Because you look at all the other games that it's going up against. Tetris 99 stands on its own two feet compared to everything else. Like, that is just a game where I'm like, maybe I should play it. Actually, that's it. another one I thought Call of Duty was going to win. For I thought Call of Duty would win that one for sure. Yeah. So, those were um, two big ones I had. Andrew, your next one was um, Narrative. I know you had your eye on that one. The contenders in that was Plague Tale... Control, Death Stranding, Disco Elysium, and Outer Worlds. Now, who actually took that 
with Disco Elysium. But you look at that. That's another good one where you're just giving out that narrative story play. Those were some heavy contenders, and the fact that that game won, I, I was I really, mean, yeah, I was really surprised because a lot of other games like Death Stranding seemed like it was going to mop up in awards because it was nominated for like a I thought ton Death Stranding was things. Gonna, yeah, I'm sorry, Control seemed to be doing a lot better than what I thought it was going to be doing mm-hmm. too, and I had already known that I've seen that Plague Tale game before, and that's actually something I'll probably pick up. now. I believe and get it's on sale. Control. They they I think they popped up a commercial saying that game's on sale. I don't know if it's fifty percent off or what, but I know it's out on sale right now. So. Um, but Disco Elysium, that was one that really just skated under my radar. Um, I want to pick it up now because that thing cleaned house on a few awards. Yeah, and that's something I don't think I had even really like heard until I seen it. So maybe I, you know, let me see. Outer Worlds, I'm surprised that one didn't take it. Uh, yeah, Death Stranding was was big. So the next one I know you had dry on was Art Direction, and now the contenders in that were Control, Death Stranding, uh, Gris or Grizz. I'm not I think really, it's Grease. Grease. Um, uh, Wild Hearts and Sekiro and Link's Awakening. Who did you think was initially going to win that? I thought actually Link's Awakening was going to win that because that's like a Nintendo darling game. A lot of people love it. A lot of people. I, I know some people hate the new art direction. Oh, I, I personally think it looks it. Yeah, absolutely, it absolutely great. So and the actual winner of the art direction was Control. So Control did get did get an award or two out of that. I felt so. Death Stranding would have won over Control because Death Stranding <laughs> by far is a way better looking game. Yeah, I mean, teach their own, but yeah, I, I, w- I would say. If, you know, you had to stack them up against each other. That game is the probably the better looking game. Control did have a very unique art direction, and that's I guess what took took the win. Oh, I, I, that's why I thought Death Stranding would for sure, because they have like the crazy fucking goop and like all the weird <laughs> villains and shit like that. Like that game's like got all the over top, or like even the babies and all the yeah. weird stuff. So that game was over the top with maybe it went his too far. Style. Yeah, yeah, yeah then, you know that, that, that Western audience. That Dumb Down West, I wasn't ready for Oh, it. yeah, they only understand shooters. So I next forgot. year when he makes, uh, or next 10 years when he makes Death Running 2, we'll be ready for it. And then, guys, the actual game of the year, right? We can't talk about the game of the year show without saying what the game of the year was. And the nominees for that were Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate, yeah. uh, Outer Worlds, and Sekiro. Now, that's the one that, it was anyone's game. Yeah. And the winner of that actually was... Well, who do you think was going to win? I thought it was going to be... Death Stranding. I, I thought, thought it was going to be Death Stranding as well because it had already won it at like a few other websites yeah. and, and who stuff took like it home? that. Sekiro actually took that one home. Surprisingly, I really, we in my heart, like, was wanting Resident Evil 2 because I didn't think Sekiro was going to stand a chance because that is a lot more niche game. It's a lot harder. It's a lot harder to get into. I've seen a lot, on a lot of forums, a lot of people pick it up and put it right back down because they cannot do it. And that's nothing against you. That's just the style of game that it is. That my heart stopped when they announced that game for the win because I was so yeah, I surprised. Remember that was, was actually like, one. That was one of my favorite moments. Was that fact that they won that game because I was so surprised by it. Yeah, uh, and that was a good lineup. I mean, Control was fantastic. Death Stranding, we haven't got our hands on it yet, but I mean, it, that that was probably the biggest surprising thing. Out of everything it was nominated for, did I don't think Death Stranding took home anything. I think it? they won one, and I think it was for like best soundtrack. Something, or that, something yeah, like something that. that was like not what was expected of them. A lot of people thought they were going to take home. I mean, almost everything we named so far, they were in that. And yeah, they were in a majority of the categories, but I think they won one early in the night, and I think it was for like best musical direction or something like that. Is what it was. So that was um, the game of the year, guys. Now we're actually on some decent time. Andrew, do you want to throw in a few riffs? Should we get into some riffs? Yeah, we can get them. Okay, let's get into Ugh. a little bit of riffs. This beer sucks. The peach? Is the peach not agreeing with you? No, I'm on number two. Good. I know, I'm trying to finish uh-huh. my butt. You know what? The first sip wasn't great, but 
you know, once you get to the second one, it kind of just it's real peachy. Actually, hey, I'm, I could drink a peach for hours. I'm trained out for a lobe. Are you? Oh yeah. The lobin? Here, take mine. Trade these. Nah, that, that beer sucks. It's just like too bitter for me. <laughs> this is why I can't let Andrew do the shopping around here because he comes, hey, at he least comes I, back with peach golden ales. We tried something new. This is trial and error, hey, because we're drinking it and they're not paying us for it. Hey, they said it's yeah. an Arizona favorite. <laughs> yeah, what, 10B? <laughs> Should have learned our lesson. Um, so, guys, we're going to do a couple of quick riffs just so we can uh, let you know a little bit more news that happened earlier in the week. So, the Resident Evil 3 trailer came out. Right. And our last, episode, to play. our last episode, we just talked about it and we were kind of curious of... You know how it was actually going to move in a direction. The trailer looks fantastic. Any any opinion I had on how Jill f- looked is completely eradicated, except for the back of her hair seems to be the weirdest <laughs> thing for me to see yeah. for some reason. But when, it, it looks when, like when it's that little like, booty's popping, I'm not looking at her hair. It looks like it's really like like way too like thick or something. I, I don't it, know. It, it has like a poop to it, like a like this weird bounce. Maybe out of all the things you you could have put fi- finishing touches on. At least make it the back of her head. Yeah, that was the only thing I thought looked weird was her hair and that they need to change that. But other than that, I'm happy with everything else. A gorgeous looking game. And a big trailer. A big trailer that came yeah, out. Yeah, they showed it. a big trailer with gameplay. And then they even showed a special message from the um, creators afterwards. And they showed some gameplay. Really broke it too. down. Because well, now we're, we're aware that uh, Project Resistance, the, the online uh, component that was with it, is going to be bundled with it. Right, because that's going to be the online part of it. So now if you're getting... so. If you're getting now a good game that's, it's if it's even close to how good Resident Evil 2 was, you've got now this online feature that looks good as well. And then, was that from the um, the bonus messages, or did you find that out differently, that it was a... No, I think that that's part of the original trailer, was okay. that one, where it's, because it says that towards the end, that it's bundled together. Okay, so that's happening, and, I mean, nothing to be mad about. Nah, I, I think it looks great. It seems like you get more bang for your buck. Hopefully they keep, like, what Resident, happened with Resident Evil 2, because Resident Evil 2, I think, was phenomenal. That was my personal game of the year for this year. And then, um, I like, too, what, and kind of maybe what seemed like a little bit more, because I... Three is like the one that I played the least, but I don't remember there being a lot of other people in the city. That's always something that I've wanted is to see other survivors, whether or not they die, however, even if you leave their fate unknown. But running into people while you're doing stuff is always something that I wanted versus I, I know that there's the standout couple. Like at the original beginning of three, there's the dude who locks himself in like the back of a fucking giant ass truck. But on this one, Jill's like crawling under like a security gate and this other dude's scrambling to get in. You see some zombies coming, but there's other people just like running. So yeah. it's not like it's just everybody's dead. And that's something too that Jill says like, how can this many people be infected? And so it's like crazy to think that idea that in this short amount of time, how are so many people infected? Of course, you know, because like the rats and like the different things that happen that that's, but it's nice just to see them question that in game. And I hope they go more in depth with seeing groups of people get affected by this and it's not just oh it's oh it's only the one survivor soldier making it through the city who has to deal with all this shit so. aren't they saying that there's going to be a lot of um i don't want to say easter eggs but things that are going to be tying three into two a little more hard fashion like there's going to be things that, that happen in three that you're going to go oh yeah because i remember that in two i remember reading something like that so that's cool that they're kind of more cementing the universe together and now that they're all running on the res engine um everything looks good so capcom is moving in a solid direction oh and uh they announced the date for that it's april 3rd yeah, yeah 2020 and i actually would like to take credit that in our last I'm one i said i'm not giving it to him because he not was like give oh, it to you. late whatever and we almost got slate but i said that it said like it probably be an april 2020 game so if he nails it on the head he nails it on the head but guys the other one we want to get to a riff was uh major league baseball the mlb the show was a game from um i forget the date 1993 
7, uh, was a game that was exclusive on PlayStation. It is now, finally, and it doesn't take place till 2021. 2021, it's going to go cross-platform. Going to other consoles is what they've said. Other so consoles. whether or not that means Xbox or not. But either way, I think that's pretty crazy because that's something that they've always had locked down. But I think that's a game that, as long as they're making money, it's like Minecraft or like Madden. It's something that I think should be on other consoles. I get... I don't know what the numbers are of people that are buying PS4s just to play a good baseball game. Well, it's what's well, weird because it is a game that's that's published and developed by Sony exclusively. This is their their home team, Sony Interactive Entertainment, with the uh, developing and publishing. So this looks like it's kind of their first step into letting other consoles get a taste of games that are just there. It's how Microsoft has let like a Cuphead go to Nintendo Switch, a Minecraft go to play or stay on PlayStation. It looks like they're finally branching out because they realize. Why not make more money? Like I don't. Well, so I think even with the next game, the Minecraft Dungeons one mm-hmm. or whatever, I think that one is a multi-platform game. Yeah, too, it's not still, they're still letting yeah. everyone get their hands and on so, it. So you know, that's I. I mean, I don't think that every. I mean, not every game should be multi-platform. No. I, you know, it's important to have your exclusives and yeah, keep your environment console. and stuff like that. I mean, if you want to, then that's fine too. But I can understand the importance of having things like The Last of Us or Uncharted. But they ran their twenty-two-year course. So, right. you know, if they're going to open up the window, go, you know what, guys, you can get some baseball, too. I, I think a baseball game is a perfect one for something like right, that. Right, because it's not like there's other baseball games out there, even though there could be, because I don't think Sony owns the exclusive rights to develop games. And that's that what I'm saying is, I don't know how many MLB teams, I don't know how many EA people are buying base uh, a PlayStation just for a baseball game that it would cost them that much, whereas I think they would make more money because more people are willing to buy a baseball game no matter what console it's on. And that would be the pros and the costs. Sell a couple more consoles versus whatever. And if it is only baseball, or who knows how many fucking people are dying for a baseball game? Because I think the only there's nothing on Xbox besides like those like jokey like RBI. I, I forget what it's called like yeah. baseball and shit like that with like the big headed people and stuff. And it, but MLB is still a really good selling game, so it would only make sense. And if and if that's gonna be the first game you you know dip your toes in the water with to let other consoles get outside of like a God of War, a Horizon, a Spider Man, an MLB game. That, to start with. Yeah, it's a good game to open up that door for. So, the next thing, guys, was Final Fantasy VII. Talk to me about it. What, what, what's going on it's with it? A, what, 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 what do we now know? They announced... Uh, well, they didn't announce anything, but they updated the box art on the Square Enix play site, and it is a one-year exclusive, unfortunately. So, it says console exclusive. Well, actually, I, it says PlayStation exclusive, and then in small writing, for one year. <laughs> and then it says other consoles March 3rd, 2021. So it's weird that it puts a specific date to, like, the, I, for whatever the reason that it has to be. So it is coming to other consoles, as most people thought. But I just think a year is way too much. I think that anyone so who's going to... big. Anyone who's going to buy it on PlayStation would have done it within the first six months, or bought a PlayStation 4 for it. Even if you did six months exclusive, a year is just... I think absolutely absurd. So, and so speaking of people who are mad that buying console exclusivity and blah, 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 <laughs> blah, I don't see those same people clamoring for something like that because that is something that should be on everything. And I would have been okay with six months exclusivity. It sucks. But yeah, anyone who would have bought, because I don't think a year later, I don't think 10 months down the road, people are like, oh shit, you know, I'm going to go get Final Fantasy and a PlayStation now. Because now's the time to jump in. They were going to do that within the first couple months. Well, the only thing I was thinking of is if you buy it on PlayStation, right, on March, you're getting it on the PS4. You wait a year from now and it goes to other systems, you're playing that game on Series X. If, you know, if you're an Xbox player. Yeah, and so if anything, that's perfectly fine for me. Go ahead and test that. Like, we'll beta test the game or whatever. <laughs> when it comes out, who knows whatever bugs. 
I'll play the final version when it comes out on the X next year. Yeah, because that's the first thing I was thinking. I'm like, okay, well, if, 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 you're, if I'm, you're an Xbox player and you got to wait a year to play it, then in a year from now, I'm going to have the new system. It's, it's going to play at peak performance. And everything that would be a problem with it in the first year when I when anyone that's playing on the PS4, you got to deal with that. I'm going to get it on the PS4. Yeah, I, that was I, my big question. I'm getting it day one. There's no question about that. I'll wait. That's what the PS4 is for, for me. Would you beat it twice? You um, played again on PlayStation. Or on Xbox. Well, I guess it really depends on how good it is. If it blows my mind, I mean... What if it's really good, but it's still a 100-hour game? Talk to Craig in a year from now, and I'll give you a better answer. But uh, right now, I would say yes. I love Final Fantasy VII enough. It's like, oh, cool, I beat it on the PS4, and then I'll collect my achievements on the I think the, I'll have to sit out X. on that episode when we talk about it. Or you'll have to do <laughs> like a standalone me. review, yeah. <laughs> and I'll just do a cut where I'm, I play both of us. So, um, Almost as if you had a twin. Oh, man, that'd be awesome. Or triplet. So guys, the last thing was one that um, Andrew brought to my attention because I was completely unaware. What's happening with Redbox? Oh yeah, Red, uh, Redbox has announced that they are no longer renting games. They are no longer renting them from the box. They are no longer renting them from the website. They're doubling down and just focusing solely on movies. And you can't even, because before they used to do sales online where you could probably pick up a game for cheaper that they're not going to be renting out or anything like that anymore after, you know, whatever the hot date is. They're not even doing that. The only way that you can actually purchase a game would be directly from a red box itself that has that game still. So other than that, they're doing whatever with their shipment and focusing solely on movies. So I thought that was kind of a crazy thing. I personally have never used it. I can see, I, I've seen some people do. I, I can oh, see yeah, how people tons do, of do that. Oh yeah, stores and I see people red box. It, we're, it's just kind of that last nail that physical media and things like that is just going away. I it's, think another. I, I mean, it solves another big problem is. Because I do see what you remember. We watched that video the other day where the guys like Redbox has a problem and people oh, replace the fucking yeah. CD with a piece of paper or a game that's not yeah, that there's game. Too many dickheads out there and they put it. it back in. Now that's a sixty dollar loss versus you're renting out a DVD that costs you fifteen to twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah. Games was kind of where they take the biggest hit on the head if funny business is around. So right. people pirating or copying or, or whatever with their games. It's, it's one of those things that, I mean, it's I wouldn't call it like a blockbuster. They were coming and they're gone because I don't think they were around long enough. I can't remember them being around that much longer than like a blockbuster. But those things are just disappearing. We are moving in that age where it's digital and it's... Because Redbox is still an app. I mean, you can still... Isn't Redbox still an app that you can get on your Facebook and do all stuff like that? So I have in no terms moved. of going to your local uh, gas station or your Smiths or a Walmart and seeing a Redbox... Oh, you know what? I did rent a movie, I think, last year or the year before that. I rented that Megalodon movie from did the you? Redbox with Jason Statham. Is it good? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was all right. Did you black out there? <laughs> no, I. my aunt came down and she wanted to watch because we were talking about going to see it in theaters because it yeah. just looks stupid and dumb. But it, we thought it would be funny, and so we just rented it and watched it at my house. So yeah. that is the last time I used the Redbox. So, yeah, see, unlike a Blockbuster, which I don't know if they do an app, Redbox is still going to function. They just know it's a digital space, right? All those... Um, kind of uh, vending machine type that they have, is it's just going to be gone. And there's no real, I don't think, unless you're... Do they the have person, an app online where you can rent a movie I and download I'm it? I think I'm almost positive. And guys, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a Redbox app that you can just do. Does that, I mean, that'd be cool because I know YouTube has stuff like that where you can rent, technically rent or buy or whatever and stream like a movie or something yeah, like so that. Yeah, so in terms of a physical thing that someone's going to have to go to, put money in, and I mean, the writing's on the wall. Those things are all going to disappear. It's just, you know, unfortunate, time, unfortunate yeah. for them, but we all know what's happening, so... Anything else you want to add on this, Andrew? I mean, it was a pretty packed episode. I hope we didn't gloss over too much too quickly. But, guys, it's a lot of content. The description will definitely be in there. Definitely go check it out. Yeah, and either way, go watch the Game Awards yourself. I mean, there was a lot of stuff in there. There's a lot of really cool things. And, 
Yeah. Cool, guys. So make sure that you are following us on all the social medias, right? We'll put that up. That's going to be on your Facebooks, your Grams, your podcasts. But before yeah, we leave. Yeah, I got with Shuhei Yoshida. <laughs> that'll be up. And if you me. Make sure, guys, that you enter the PlayStation 4 giveaway. We are giving away a PlayStation 4. This butte right behind us. Make sure you watch past episodes and enter. How do you enter? Like, comment, subscribe. Make sure you put hashtag PS4 because next week we give it away. Yes. Next week, we will announce the winner. And again, the easiest way, like I always say, hit the subscription button and the notification button on there. Well, you got to be subscribed. I might say notifications anyway. Yeah. Besides the point. We're going to sniff out all you unsubscribers out there. Yeah. Hit that notification button, though, because it helps me out a ton. And again, I our, our videos, when they get loaded, get lost in the shuffle for me, or they would if it didn't show up on my phone and just say add to watch later list and boom, two seconds and then I just watch it later on. And I find he texts me when the thing's done downloading and I still have to, if I was doing it normally, would have to scroll through my feed to find it. That's the kind of guy I am. So guys, until next time, my name is Craig Perales. That is Manja Montemayor. Ooh. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> you want to wait to see these people box? Yeah. You too? Yes, sir. Hey. Uh, I'm going over this fucking room. You know how you get to 219? 219 is the Artemis 316. We just we came from this way. So if I'm guessing up floor one. You gotta go past like the 350s and you keep going, but you're just gonna be on the second floor versus the third. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah so this place, like, we, we were walking through the 350 40s and then the next one over was the 310s and 20s. So it's like it's like cross corner. Yeah, right? it'll be like 350 and shit like that, and you literally go out and you'll notice a bunch of weird windows. You go into that and it's like a hallway, it's not even rooms <laughs> and yeah. yeah. Alright, this place is a trip, man. Yeah. <laughs> keep, keep that in the video. Yes, sir. <laughs>